this morning I want to um, I wanted to teach on something but a lot of people are not in but I will still continue what I've planned to do as um, servants of God we as I've always been saying that we need a certain understanding and a certain worldview to last in working for God. Many a times we you can get tired in working for God. You can get frustrated in working for God if you don't know who you are, number one. If you don't know who you are seven, number two. And if you don't know for what purpose you have been called to serve. So three things that can discourage or stop you from serving God along the way. Because it's easy to start. It's easy to start serving God. Because it's like when you start serving God, one of the things you experience is a very a sensation of happiness, a joy you cannot describe. But when you continue to serve God, He begins to test you. He allows situations to test you. It is going to happen. There will be testings. Now, if this servant is not aware of who he is and who he is seven and why he is seven, he will get discouraged with the test. So this morning I want to share shortly on the exemplary servant. The exemplary servant. The exemplary servant. Not every church worker can be praised. And not every church worker can be used as an example to others. Because before you use something as an example, it means that that thing will pass the test of time on any day. Woe unto you if you take anybody as an example. You are going to jeopardize the production of the rest of, let's say, servants that will come. So, ideal milk. Let me use ideal milk as an example. Ideal milk remains ideal milk because they have an example. You can call it a sample. In English, you say example, but scientifically, we call it a sample. So they do a template. Let me use this face tower as an example. So before you can produce this, they'll have a template of this design somewhere. So they follow that design to produce more of this. So, 
Not every child of God becomes an exemplary servant. There are some fruits you don't take to the market to sell because if you sell it, you are closing down your shop because they don't represent any serious business mindset that you should go and sell. You are, you are, you are, you are selling bread and there are molds grown around it and you have put it on the front shelf. No, it cannot be an example. We want to look at an example of a servant who is exemplary. And listen to me, God is not just looking for people who will be working, but he's looking for exemplary people. Exemplary servant. People who, who can be trusted. People who are reliable. Because there's no kingdom exploit without any reliable person. I remember a man was supposed to do something for a friend, but he had to travel. So he told my friend that, oh, he's going to leave his friend before him. He's also good. That guy nearly killed my friend because the guy did not know. He's a doctor. He, he, he couldn't treat my friend. He even worsened the whole. So that, the one who was supposed to do it for my friend had to call me and apologize. And I told him that you don't recommend somebody who is not like you. So life is not just church. You need reliable people and trustworthy people to work with and to look up to. Unfortunately for Africa, our problem is that we don't have a very good example of leadership. Even in the church, we don't, we don't, we don't get it. Most, most pastors don't live what they say don't do what they say, don't practice what they say, they are not there for God. Yesterday I was talking to a certain man and he said, so for, are the pastors serving God? I said, why did you ask that? He said, he, he thinks the pastors are doing business. And I said, you cannot judge from a distance if you didn't call the person. There are many things happening around us that needs reliable people, trustworthy people, trustworthy people, people you can trust. The exemplary leader I want us to look at is Samuel. Samuel, First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. So you see how some way the Bible is. He said that there was, he said the word of the Lord was precious. If you are just reading the Bible just like that, you think that it is the kind of precious you think. But this is old English. It means that the word of God was scarce. People were not coming across the word of the Lord. Before you hear, there was nobody saying, that saith the Lord. Nobody was saying, that saith the Lord. So he said, there was no vision. So this is the situation of Israel. God's people, but they didn't have a mouthpiece of God. 
they were just there. You can come to your Christ, a, a, a point in your Christian work that you have no vision of God, no word of God, nothing. You will just be there because there's a disconnect between you and heaven. So the Bible said that Israel came to that point. Eli was there, but there was no mouthpiece. There was a prophet who was prophesying, speaking, but not speaking the, the word of the Lord. There was a man of God, Eli, but the Bible said that the word of God was not coming and the visions of heaven were not coming. Verse 2, quickly. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Verse 3. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of God where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou called me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet Samuel, called again, yet, yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou did call me, and he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. What did you pick from what I read? So give me a, a, a subversion. Start from verse 1 again. Yes. Look at the scripture. Meanwhile, the, the boy, Samuel, served the Lord by assisting Eli. So you can be seven as you are a boy. You can be seven but you are a girl. And that word boy talks about maturity. It's talking about growth. Sometimes we find ourselves in positions in church or working for God in a certain capacity. That can let you think that you are matured. But the Bible said that you were a boy. There are a lot of boys and girls who are serving the Lord who do not know God. Hello? It's like there are a lot of boys and girls who are entering into marriage who do not know marriage. So this is a boy, the boy Samuel. It's not the prophet Samuel. At this point, he was a boy. But he served the Lord by assisting Eli. That means that 
Samuel was because of Eli. That means that Eli was guiding Samuel to serve. Please follow what I'm saying. I'm speaking very, very deep. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. So you use the old King James, they were precious. Like if you go and read Holy King James and you are not taught, you think that it's a precious that you think. It was rare and visions were quite uncommon. Verse 2. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. So you see that a prophet, a man of God who had served God, got to a point where he was almost blind. Things happen to all of us. So when something happens to you, don't miss out on your place. He has served God all this while. And in fact, his sons were not going to inherit him, but he was still in the palace. He was still in the temple. He was still doing what he was supposed to do. That one is not what I'm talking about today. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel, yes? Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here am I. Did you call me? I didn't call you. Eli replied, go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again. Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here am I. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Verse 7. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. But Samuel was seven. Is this thinking? Am I saying something? Samuel did not know the Lord. But Samuel was seven. He was assisting early. And this is the state the current charismatic church seems to be. They are, we are making people pastors when they don't know the Lord. People are in leadership when they don't know the Lord. Pastors are clubbing and they are prophetically sharp. And everybody's running to them because everybody needs a solution. But this is the state of the church. I told you one time a pastor's birthday invited when I went to stand the house into a club. I met all the hip hop life at his there. I couldn't drink one water. I was so disappointed. This guy is sharp. Samuel did not know the Lord. But he was seven. You may be a chorister, you may be an usher, maybe an instrumentalist. 
Do you know the Lord? That is the exemplary servant. The servant who is exemplary is a servant who knows the Lord and not just how to use his gift. Know the Lord. I'm a pastor. I pray every morning. I'm a pastor. I fast when it's not 40 days of power. I'm a pastor. I try to obey the Lord. I'm a pastor. I tithe. I'm a pastor. When the guests come, the raising seat, I take and I pay. You must know the Lord. And when you know the Lord, you will begin to do the things of the Lord. But Samuel at this stage, he did not know the Lord, number one. Did not know the voice of God. God was speaking to him, but he did not know that it is God. That is, he, he misinterpreted the voice of God to be the voice of man. So he ran to Eli. And possibly, it is a lot of Bible theologians believe that the voice he heard was the voice of Eli. So God might have used the vocal cords of his master, his pastor, his prophet, to call him. So sometimes... I said, I'm teaching a very deep thing, but I have four minutes. I just prayed that what I said, you caught it. Maybe next week I'll continue. Sometimes, you will speak to pastor. Pastor will be speaking to you like he's advising you. But it's actually the voice of God. Yes. Because God will love to always use the voice of the shepherd to speak to the people. And the voice of the shepherd is fine-tuned by God. What I'm going to preach today is not what I think that I should preach. It's what God has been walking me through to come and teach. So I may be teaching and I will mention a case you find yourself in. Because deep in my spirit when I was preparing, I was like, I saw a lot of Christians who are at loggerheads with themselves. When I was preparing this whole series, it's up to part four. And a lot of church members in the same department don't see eye to eye. And listen to me, you open up yourself for dangerous calamities at various points of your life if you are fighting with or you are loggerheads with another blood brother or sister. Church is not an opinionistic environment. Church is a blood affair. Christianity is a blood affair. So Samuel, just imagine someone who doesn't know the Lord who is serving and then he will be misbehaving himself. Samuel, at this stage, the boy Samuel. And when I meet the choristers, I'm going to emphasize on this. 
Because one of the places in the church that the devil turns each other against each other is the choir. Because it's the most critical platform that the Holy Ghost moves on. So I am not in doubt that there are some choristers who have blocked each other. There are some choristers, instrumentalists who don't look who don't look face to face with each other. And when you do that, the Bible says you are a boy, you are a girl. And we carry this into our relationships, our workplaces, into our marriages. No wonder the marriages in churches are not working. It's failing because there are boys who are marrying, there are girls who are marrying, and there are the parents, their in-laws are thinking that their daughters and sons are marrying to adults, but they are marrying boys. So if you are serving in a church and you can fight with another church worker in your department, you are a boy. You don't understand what you are doing. And that is Samuel. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He was doing, he was serving. You see Samuel with Ellie. The Bible said he was assisting Ellie. You will see Samuel with Ellie. But the Bible says he's a boy. You see Samuel with Ellie. The Bible says he's a boy. It doesn't matter what Samuel was doing. The Bible said he's a boy. He is a boy. Because he doesn't know the Lord. Their pastors, when they're going to preach, they, 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 they sniff cocaine. They sniff it. So that they will be energetic and displaying all like. So you see that it is an anointing. They are musicians, they sniff weed, they smoke weed. So when they stand in their ministry, you see extreme energy. You think it's the Holy Ghost. It's not. Be careful. God is looking for exemplary servants. And those of you who are not married, don't marry gifts. Marry character. Forget gifts. Because there are too many boys holding the microphones and too many boys walking in church. Too many boys and girls. Too many. Because the gift can be deceptive. Samuel, he could hear from God. But the Bible says he was a boy. I wrap up by saying, because he had never had a message from the Lord before. He is hearing, but he has no message. I'm not too old in life. I'm not, I'm not too old. But at least, I am old. Yes, I'm not too old. But when I stick back and I look at life, that statement they say that empty barrels make the most noise is true. There are many people in church who are empty barrels making so many noise, but we are not exemplary servants. Samuel 
was seven, but didn't know the Lord. There are things that if you know the Lord, will show in your life. Let me just mention them because it's time. Number one. When you know the Lord, you willingly hear or listen to God. No, I have to stop. If I don't stop, I'll continue too far into the service. Let me leave you with this, that you need to know the Lord. You need to know the Lord. Else one day you meet a test and the test will kick you out of the hands of the Lord. You meet a test and you will change your attitude towards the Lord. I pray that you will run the race ahead. I had a story where Oh, somebody was sharing her encounter with hell. And it was so scary. It's not one of those people. I know that woman of God. And she told me that, suffer Prince, I am starting my own, my whole Christian work with God again. Because where God took me and what I saw, so you can be in church for 20, 30 years. You can go to hell. And I said, you need a lot of theological teaching or argument to prove what you have seen. He said, so for, I went into the hell. And I began to cry. Telling God, God, I'm your servant. God, I'm your servant. He said, why she was saying that a demon just passed and laughed and plucked her eyes off in the fire. But I know the person. The person is a very good person. So when she finished telling me, I told her, hey, you need to still prove to me theologically. He said, you'll be there, ask theologically. I went to hell and came. And I said, where are you? Where are you? He said, Sofu, I don't know what I have done wrong, but I went to hell. And I said, yes. Because if you don't know the Lord, you may not last in the kingdom of God. Let's not be too fleshy and selfish and do what we like. We may not please the Lord with a life of convenience. We will discover it many years after. Amen. Please put your hand on your heart and let's pray. Father, let your blessing rest upon us. Let your revelations be made known unto us. And let us be servants that please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a clap, offering.